Welcome to Through the Lens of Christ, a podcast designed to have conversation about things that are happening in culture, questions that we may have theologically, um, and other questions that impact our day in and day out lives. Our desire is to be able to build these conversations and to be able to get us to critically think, not just about the events that are happening, but how do we see these events through the lens of Christ. I hope you enjoy the conversation, and I hope it helps you to critically think through issues in our lives. How you doing, Steve? I am doing fine, Adam. How are you? Great. Great. Well, I am excited. Me too. Because we've we've got a special guest here with us for this one. Um, we've never had a special guest. Because neither one of us are that special. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley's here all the time. She's special, but it's not a guest. <laughs> Our special guest for this conversation, which I get to in a minute, is Mark Reveredo. How you doing, Mark? Good. I prefer extra special, but uh, I'll take special. Yeah, yeah no, we'll that's. That I didn't even notice that in the rider of the contract, but I'll that's read it more closely that's next there. time. Um, Mark is with us because, um, I don't know, a, f- a few episodes ago, we had a conversation around uh, different faiths. And we briefly had talked about Jehovah's Witness and Mormonism and some of the... Um, Um, what we would call kind of tertiary, even um, in some aspects, not Christian faith. And so um, those things are important for us to talk about. We didn't spend much time then. So the reason that we invited Mark is because he actually has a background on the Jehovah's Witness side, and I thought it would be really helpful um, if we got some of his uh, perspective. So uh, Steve and I aren't going to talk a ton on this episode, so for everybody listening, that's exciting. <laughs> um, but we are going to uh, kind of ask Mark some questions and try to um, get his thoughts. Um, in the notes of this episode, Ashley will post an article from the Gospel Coalition that Steve found um, about uh, just some, I think it's 11 points on uh, the Jehovah's Witness faith. Um, so if, if you're ever in a situation where you're um, in a conversation about that, it's just a good article that gives some uh, a good background and some biblical representation of what we believe versus um, what their perspective is. So check that out if you have time. And so now, Mark, I'd love for you just to kind of, kind of open up a little bit, talk about um, kind of your background, um, what you're coming out of, and uh, then we'll go from there with some questions. Sure. Glad to... to uh fill in a little bit of the background um, caveat disclaimer it's been 30 years so mm-hmm. we uh, my family and I uh, we left the uh, organization uh, when I was about 15 16 somewhere in there and uh, as far back as I can remember I, I was born in into uh, the Jehovah Witnesses mm-hmm. so uh, going back probably two or three uh, I, I remember putting on the suit, you know, that's what we did hmm. several times a week, uh, putting on a suit and tie um, as, as, as young as I could possibly put a tie on. And um, yeah, that was a, a big part of our, our life for, for a whole lot of my formative years. And uh, I can say formative because a lot of those views, uh, theologies, doctrines, uh, they did form a lot of how I saw the world, a lot of my decisions, uh, even my dreams were impacted by uh, the, these things that I was learning in uh, the Kingdom Hall. So uh, yeah, we were there. Uh, I think my, I want to say my uh, parents were, were Catholic, maybe nominally. I don't know how uh, how deep uh, they followed in, in that faith, but um, I remember getting seeing pictures of being baptized as a, a, a Catholic baby. Uh, but from that point forward, I'm pretty sure 
they decided, uh, mostly my mom, they decided that uh, uh, they wanted to engage with the witnesses because uh, she was concerned for the salvation of her children. You know, that's something that uh, I, in, in a recent conversation she brought up again, was that she just wanted to make sure that we were on the right path. Mm-hmm. And uh, she thought that they had a pretty compelling story, and uh, so she bought in. And uh, yeah, that's that's kind of how it started. And then, did did your dad buy in too? Were you guys the, like the whole family committed, no, or was it mostly your mom? No, he uh, he opted to stay at home. Uh, mm-hmm. Didn't really buy in much. I can only remember maybe a handful of times where he would attend with us. And uh, so he was kind of watching. Uh, you know, I, I think he was familiar with the the faith of Jehovah Witnesses, what what that was about, and uh, wasn't interested. Mm-hmm. So. I can't say that it was because he had any strong conviction. Uh, maybe he just preferred to not put a suit and tie on. Uh, that could be it. So you say suit and tie. Is it suit and tie every time you go to the to the, the hall, the house, the the church? Is that the way it works? Is that yes, it? yes, for yeah. sure. You're you're gonna wear your 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 best. best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know so, that. That's interesting. So I I think it was interesting that you said that your your mom got engaged with Jehovah's Witnesses because of this aspect of salvation. And that's really our, our probably the fundamental disagreement mm-hmm. here right. is when you say that, you know, we wanted to get on the right path to salvation. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of steers us into some of our other conversations around Christ, how they perceive Christ, how they perceive the, the Trinity. Um, yeah. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that, because, you know, we talk about the path to salvation. We know it as Christ, right? He is the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. And so how, how does... How do, from a Jehovah's Witness perspective, how do they recognize what salvation looks like, and how does Christ play a role in that? Well, and, and that was very distinguishing uh, about that time period in my life. And, and, you know, I mentioned the dreams that I would have earlier. It's because you couldn't really know. Um, they, they believe in free will, uh, you know, uh, that your, your actions, your, your works are, are essentially defining whether or not you're going to be what your eternal destiny is, is going to be, you know, so uh, preordained, you know, predestination, all that stuff is is not a part of their vocabulary, uh, and and even salvation, I can't say that was a word I heard a whole lot, you know, savior, not really uh, associated with uh, Jesus, although you know, if you were to ask technically, hey, who is Jesus, they may say they may use some of that language, mm-hmm. um, but it was not really a part of our our faith at all. You know, so it, it was really about your works, you know, and I, uh, most people know about Jehovah Witnesses because they're the ones that come and knock and, you know, and they're uh, diligent and, you know, they'll come back week after week if, if you uh, invite them or show any kind of interest. So um, that was something that I participated in quite a bit, you know, at a, at a young age. And, Going uh, house to house. And- yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I remember even at, at maybe five or six, I was excited to be able to operate the, the doorbell, you know, that was, uh, that was my initiation. And then it turned into, all right, here's your, here's what you're going to uh, say when we get to the door. And, you know, I, I I'm not going to say that I was used to try to, to make a uh, conversation easier because you got a little kid who's talking to you boldly. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I do recall there being themes, you know, maybe seasonal, maybe monthly. I can't remember how often, but they would take some, one of their doctrines and, and this was the thing you're going to talk about when you go to door to door. And it might have been uh, their aversion to war. Uh, it might have been uh, 
Jesus and the cross that, that they don't believe in the cross they think it, if he died on a stake you know so little strange doctrines that would become the talking points that they would want you to to go and, and lead with and you know it would rotate mm -hmm. uh, here and there which is so again this is really a conversation not like a, a deconstruction of Jehovah's Witnesses but more of just a, a conversation around what they believe and what, because I think understanding the what we refer to as the other is very important for us in faith but I think it's interesting because one thing that I appreciate about the Jehovah's Witnesses and, and Mormons for, for that matter is the way that they aggressively proselytize I mean the fact that they're willing to go out and speak to people they're willing to go out and have these conversations and that it's a a critical part of of formation is that in I, I'm gonna guess that that made it easier for you even when you came into a, a Christian faith it makes it easier for you to talk about your faith because you were put on a porch and needed to talk to some stranger about what you believe. Yeah, yeah. We would practice um, public speaking. You know, they were they would give uh, uh, nine year olds, ten year olds an opportunity at the podium uh, to to do a you know a little five minute discourse on on maybe a, a portion of the Bible. Uh, so it was definitely a direction that they wanted people to to be bold and open. And, uh, you know, so there, there's some good good in that, you know, it, it certainly was, uh, that's a part of the formative years I was, I was describing. Uh, a lot of Bible study, you know, we would get together two, three times a week, and that was uh, pretty common, pretty regular. So a lot of fellowship, quote unquote. And uh, yeah, I would say that um, the going door to door was absolutely something you needed to do. And, you know, our urge and, and we even, you know, in, in this uh, in this Christian faith that we we share here, uh, sometimes we're tired and we'll just relax and rest. And uh, there, there was always that nagging that you got to get out and do your service. You know, there was you got to get your check boxes and because uh, you don't want to be uh, found wanting uh, the day you die. Uh, the only way to to have confidence that you were going to be. Uh, on the right side of the, the scales was to keep pushing work. Your works were everything. That's what I was going to kind of ask about. So you're kind of going to where I was going to go. What's, what's the motivation for that? So that it could be a motivation, like you say, for works to make sure that I'm saved so that I can, so that I can be one of the chosen of some sort. Mm -hmm. Or is it more, or what's the, what's the balance here, right? Or is it concern for the lost? Concern that others are going to die and go to hell if I don't show up as opposed to I'm doing this because I want to make sure that I have some sort of a assurance of my own salvation. Yeah, I mean, there's probably a spectrum there. Um, I'm sure, but uh, and a, a, as a as a youth, yeah, it was, it's hard it to was, tell me. It wasn't uh, old, thirty years ago. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't a concern for because I was told to go. Right? Yeah, it was. <laughs> right. It was more a fear, and, and uh, you know, trying to make sure that you weren't dogging it. You know, uh, that you. Uh, you're scoring enough points. You know, I, it's hard for me to put it into words because that's so far in the past. And thankfully, uh, all, you know, I'll, I'll share a story. As I mentioned the dreams, um, but when when I was a, a child, I would have these vivid dreams and it would be about anything. You know, I might be playing outside uh, in a treehouse or, or whatever it is. And then the, the dream would kind of turn and I'd be looking at the sky and I'd see like Jesus coming on the clouds on a white horse and uh, it was always like a feeling of dread. It's like, oh, oh no, this is it. You know, mm -hmm. now I guess we're going to see what happened. And so 
throughout my, my childhood, Jesus was always the beginning of a nightmare. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the big revelations to me that you know I had found a true faith was that Jesus became, those same dreams would start to happen after I had become a uh, uh, trusted Christ, you know, and became a Christian, as, as we know Christians, and uh, those, those same dreams would happen, but it would be such a feeling of peace and joy and just a desire to, to be with, you know, my Savior and, and uh, to, to seek God for, for, uh, for who he is rather than through a, a veil, you know, it just, it was such a, uh, a wondrous turn in my life to, to have Jesus as a friend and not as, as an enemy. And, uh, you know, you can't, that wasn't anything I was taught, you know, that was just my own psyche and processing and, uh, it revealed to me my relationship with God. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would say that that isn't necessarily unique to Jehovah's witness, right? We're talking about any legalistic background where, where it's so works heavy and you're, you're, I mean, I grew up with that similar mindset mm-hmm. where I, I never looked at Christ's return as, as like this is an amazing thing that we should look forward to. It was more of a, oh man, right? Like this is frightening and horrifying. So I think anytime that we mix up the idea of grace with works and we get one before the other, when we, when we get works as though it drives grace, um, we end up with that kind of uh, works mentality. It's just not, mm. it's, it's not healthy. Mm, definitely not. Yeah. So then, so, um, if you if you can go back, do you remember the the aspect like what role did Christ play in all of this? Like we're we're talking about um, you know who we see as as one of the persons of the Trinity. We mm-hmm. see Christ as fully God. We understand when he came to Earth, fully God, fully man. Um, we understand the the perspective that he's divine nature. Like what would be the Jehovah's Witnesses position on who Christ is? Well, it's uh, it's definitely not a glorified view, you know. It's it's diminished, and I think I can safely say, and, and anybody who's honestly asked that question um, would would have to, to say it's diminished from what we view, and, and uh, they would say that um, exalting Christ the way that we do as Savior and and Lord and as God is uh, inappropriate, you know. And uh, so some, just just a, a few examples. He was a created being, you know, if you go from eternal God to just another creation. That's a big, that's, that's a, a big, big leap. Yeah, that's, that's probably one of the biggest. Uh, now, he was involved in creation. You know, they'll, they'll take a lot of uh, what we cherish as Christians and, and uh, as a, you know, firstborn but you know, all things are created by him and for him. You know, so they they because he's highly highly esteemed among created beings. Esteemed for sure, yes. as as uh, amongst the created. But right. you know, you don't put him in the same yeah. place as God for sure. Jehovah was the one. Yeah. You know, and that it was all about. Uh, you know, Jesus was going to be a mediator, and he was just a, a way. But ultimately, the the goal was to to know Jehovah. Right. So he was a means to reconciliation, more mm-hmm. of a showing the path rather than being the path. Yeah. And I would say that the Jehovah Witness is an organization. They also view themselves as like Jesus, a means, a mediator. A mediator. Yes. Yeah. You would you would go to them 
for confession of sins and, and remediation and, and you know guidance all, all of that stuff you know so they they very much put themselves in between you and God and they would make the uh, determinations as to what you were doing in your life and what you needed to be doing in your life would it be much of an overstatement to say that the church itself or the Jehovah Witness Church if you want to call it that is the way the truth and the life to a Jehovah's Witness I mean even a bit of an overstatement but they're if they're put in that position of mediator you have to go through them um, and their understanding of Christ to I get would to say Jehovah? if you were to answer honestly as a Jehovah Witness then absolutely they would be the the path there is no other way to, to know who God is they have their own Bible mm-hmm. you know they have their own periodicals their own doctrines really mm-hmm. and uh, the the training that they put you through the mindset that they give to anyone in the in the organization is that everyone on the outside is a pagan yeah. You know, yeah. no matter what you are, what your beliefs are, you're all lumped together. And uh, really, they, they, only, they see themselves as the only holders of the truth. I, I, I've known Jehovah Witnesses that wouldn't shake my hand. So I'm I mean, at a business event and, you know, Jehovah Witness family. Now, the husband would, but the wife wouldn't. I, I held up my hand. I didn't know this was the thing. And I held up my hand to shake her hand at the, at the event. And her husband leans over me and she goes, she doesn't shake. And he told me later that, that was it was because... I, because of that division. Now maybe, I don't know if they were orthodox in their thinking here, mm-hmm. but it was, you know, there's a division, like you mentioned, between uh, those that are in the church and those that are not. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that's a, if that's... Well, any thing. anything that... Like I was somewhat defiled in sure. their mind because of yeah. that. Well, yeah, you're pagan, really. I mean, sure. you're talking about Christmas, Easter, you're talking about Halloween, you're talking about birthdays. Everything had a reason for why... That was a pagan thing, and you should not be associated. So they, they're your friends. They're your family. Yep. Nice guy. Nice family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's all about just being completely enveloped, and uh, that's, that's a big way they retain. It was very hard, very hard for a lot of my family members to leave because it was everything that they knew. You know, not so different than maybe uh, being Muslim and your family maybe disowning you. Very, very similar sorts of, of things going on there. Made yeah. it hard to leave. Yeah, I mean, I, I think about it from because their their intention is not wrong, right? That they're trying to hold a high standard of who God is. That you know that that is their purpose. I, I think about it like Paul, right? When he was Saul, and you know his view as being a covenantal Jew was mm-hmm. like, no, I got to protect my God. Yeah. And so anybody who's diminishing that is thereby you know, needs to be in some way shunned or pushed away because they're pagan, so they're going to defend their view of God. And so the the point isn't, like, the their intention isn't wrong. It's just flawed from understanding who Christ is. Because if you don't if you don't understand Christ as God, right, right which scripturally we won't have time today, but actually the, the article that uh, we're going to post does a good job of laying out kind of doctrinally how we follow the breadcrumbs of how mm. uh, Christ is God. And it's not some unclear theology, right? It's very clear in scripture of who he is. Yeah. And so we believe that. But if you don't, then trying to say, well, no, I, I need to protect God and, and this structure, I can see how people get caught into it. And then certainly, how would you break from that? Because you would you would be admitting that I now believe in multiple gods, right? I'm almost polytheistic, mm-hmm. and which would be, I mean, how would you ever get to that place? Yeah, and I mentioned my dad being uh, uh, on the side for, for a lot of my childhood. Um, 
but I will say that he was very helpful in forcing me to open the Bible. You know, after we, we had left the organization, he, uh, and my parents were uh, divorced at this point, but on the weekends, whenever we would see him, we had a time of Bible study. And I remember being so disgusted with some of the images that I was seeing about Jesus being exalted. Mm -hmm. And it was a really hard and long road for me to deprogram and understand, okay, you know, I, I'm starting to, to see that this is what the scripture says. I'm starting to trust that this is actually the Word of God and it's not just some adulterated version uh, from what I grew up with. And uh, yeah, it, it took a while for me to not feel like I was I was blaspheming in a sense yeah. and, and that Jesus is a salvation, uh, a key to salvation. You know, that was just like, uh, it was tough for, for a while. And uh, it took years to, to get past uh, that rejection of, of Christ in, in my heart. Yeah. You mentioned a little bit ago about kind of the family aspect and, you know, it was all encompassing and your whole family's involved and all that, which I understand. I wonder what your take is on, you know, we talk a lot about being in the family of God and, and being adopted into Christ and, and all of us, all of us believers kind of be un, being united that way. Is, is that, a, is that something that you feel is the way that church operates or is it more like, um, the people like, like, Humans and human souls are separated and connected by the mediator of the church or maybe in the church and that connects them to God. Is there a difference in the way the feeling is there? Because we talk a lot about being in Christ and really integrally part of the Trinity because we believe in the Trinity or mm -hmm. they wouldn't and that it, we're really in that fellowship together. How would they think of that, I wonder? Yeah, you know, I, I, can't, you know. I, I can't say too much uh, uh, about that. Um, I just know that they were, they were uh, everywhere. You know, they were our, our family and friends, and that, yep. that's where we were going on Tuesday nights. That's where we were going on Thursday nights. That's where we were going on Sunday, and uh, there, there were a lot of, uh, and I don't remember ever being taught this, but uh, my outlooks on life, you know, entering my teenage years, were, you know, I, I do not date. I do not like have friends that are girls. Um, I'm not going to go to college because the world is going to end. You know, so there were a yeah. lot of uh, like kind of adult adulthood shaping decisions that I was making as a as a teenager. That you know, in hindsight, yeah, some of them weren't bad. You know, is it bad that I wasn't dating at fifteen, sixteen? No, it's, that wasn't bad. But um, you know, choosing to uh, to spend all of your time and not be associated with the world at all, unless you're going door to door as kingdom service. Um, yeah, it's so it's a different feeling for sure. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about as you were saying that too. The feeling of, I think, the understanding of the future Earth is a different situation too. We think of a new heaven and a new Earth that, that has a lot of shape and form of this. If I'm not mistaken, I mean, I think the Jehovah Witnesses think it's it's this Earth right here. I mean, it's it's going to be, you know, purged and cleansed, but it's this Earth here right now. Yeah, yeah. That's in a, that's in a fair. different form. Well, same form, different um, operation, maybe. Yeah, there was there was definitely not a lot of talk of heaven. Right. Um, and when we did learn about heaven, you know, and, and uh, I, I know the 144,000 is, is a biblical number. It comes up quite a bit, you know, in Revelation. And uh, the view as a witness was that there were, there were select people. In fact, I remember there being one in our little congregation 
and you wouldn't know you know they didn't wear any kind of special clothes except for this one day of the year that was like around easter the memorial day uh they don't call it memorial day it's like the memorial of of christ and that's when they do communion type of things where they pass around a, a wine wine glass and on that day and i remember as a kid i was scanning around looking to see if there's anybody new this year and uh oddly enough it, it would kind of change year to year but uh, i remember being fascinated because these were the members of the 144,000 that would partake of this this wine glass and uh, no one else would do would 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 do anything but pass it along and so th- that group they're the ones that are going to be in heaven and ruling with with god and the uh um, the so most of us were not trying to to be there uh, we were just trying to be part of the the other sheep and be on on earth you know and and live forever in paradise on earth. So how how was the 144 decided? Like how when when this person took communion on that day or the wine, like did anybody challenge that are you really or I know I wanted to see some some sort of rules or guidance on it, but uh I I think my mom asked me to just go ahead and ask this this woman, you know, and and uh, my recollection is that she just said I just knew you know, God told me, I felt it in, inside. And, um, you know, I, I've asked, I had asked people like, well, what happens if you, um, aren't, you find out you're not later mm-hmm. and they would say, well, well, that doesn't happen. But, you know, I, I would see new members of the 144,000 kind of materialize out of the blue. And the, the funny thing is, is they're always going to be older because I believe doctrinally they were all supposed to be born around 1914 which was this this turning point in the because i think that is when christ returned to yeah. jehovah's witnesses he's already returned yeah that, that was in a 1914 sense. I, yeah. was a I didn't know that until day. i read this little article so i just yeah you know, that's a big day yeah and not that far ago well and that's why there was a lot of pointing at like 1984 1985 because the lifespan i yeah, it was was going to be well. They're about seventy years old at that point, and that was like a, a big turning point in in the spiritual world. And so, likely the age is going to, once all the one hundred forty four thousand have perished, then God's work is done with this age, and uh, things are going to wrap up pretty quick. So how? So again, you might not know this. So, um, but my my question goes to okay. So if that's true, so if nineteen fourteen was the year that Christ returned, and this is kind of where the Hundred and forty-four thousand are are locked in, right? So now, yeah. sure. now you got to figure a max lifespan is a hundred and twenty, right? Like on the outside, right? So now you're talking as of twenty thirty. Mm-hmm. If there's still like there can't be any of them left. So what happens to the Jehovah's Witness, like the faith at all, right? Do they then well, the, like they're the Earth livers? Yeah. I don't know what they would call it, but not yeah. the hundred and forty. They call right. it other sheep, I believe. Other sheep. Okay. There you yeah. go. The other sheep. Well, the bigger, I just made up the my bigger flock. Sure. Um, I like Earth livers better. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of weird. <laughs> I, don't, I might want to take that back now. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'll say that um, whenever one of their prof- prophecies turn out to be incorrect, they would just revise it and say the the light got brighter. And so now they can see clearer because the light is brighter. And that was just the routine uh, ex- excuse for why their their uh, their prophecies didn't come to fruition the way they said they were going to. Yeah. But you're Which, right. At 120, you know, 
you would think that so what are they going to be saying in 20 years i think the light's going to be brighter and they're going to have a some new doctrine revised yeah yeah i i do think it's it's very interesting you brought it up earlier even with your uh with your dad and how he's getting you to open the scriptures and because it's really where the encouragement is in all of this is that there's there's a lot of things even within uh you know more foundational christian faith that people don't that people believe that isn't biblically accurate so this isn't just a jehovah's witness conversation or a mormon conversation or right there's a lot of things that people believe that aren't biblically accurate candidly there's things that i probably have in my head that are not biblically accurate that i need to continue to be learning and understanding so to your point before we need to make sure that we're actually being in scripture and what we talk about a lot on here is the idea of being in scripture together so that we can actually learn and understand because there's once you feel like and we see this a lot in the even on the roman catholic side um once people have a view of something given to them in a high church model that says god gave this to the church or to the authority of the church and now he's giving it to you don't question it Mm -hmm. which is kind of a similar thought on the jehovah's witness side that then it becomes really hard for anybody to question that because well i'm going against god and so the idea of actually going back to Scripture as the very Word of God and trying to seek truth in the very Word of God is extremely important. Um, the Jehovah's Witness makes it a little more difficult because they have a different version. Right. So when you start to ask those questions about the deity of Christ, there's words that are changed that make it appear that he's not really the deity. Right. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's, that's a challenge with Mormonism. Yes. And yep. Roman Catholicism. Mm-hmm. I mean, where where do we find our authority, and, and how does that come about? So that's a that's a real touchy touchy subject and difficult one, and an important one, right? So, is there as we wrap this up, is there anything that's speaking from not just Jehovah's Witness perspective, but just as being um, formed into a faith outside of a, a hope in Christ? Is there anything that you'd want to share with anybody that if they're struggling through? is what I believe real, as a Christian, is what I believe real, is I'm coming out of a different faith system. Is that real? Is there anything you'd like to share with people about just kind of your own journey or or thoughts, how you got through some of that? Ask yourself honestly, who is Christ? Am I in any way believing something that diminishes what he's done and who he is? And if you can answer that honestly, you might find that you're in one of these man-made religions that exalts themselves the the men the humans exalt themselves and they lower Christ in order to do that so if you could see who Christ is and 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 realize that you could actually be putting up a, a whole lot higher than you are that that's a, a kind of a giveaway that you might be in the wrong sort of uh, uh, understanding of who of who he is that's super important because as we were sitting here talking this time, I've been, I was thinking about something, which is, and I kind of, you talked about it with family, and I mentioned it when I talked about being in Christ. Um, the things that are lost with the Jehovah Witnesses, that they don't get, that, that I think Scripture clearly teaches, like a trinity, like the fellowship of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that we get to enter into as believers in Christ, and we participate in that fellowship together. That can't that can't be there. Mm-hmm. There there's no there's no Trinity. So that's that's gone. So that whole understanding as I see the picture of adoption in Christ and who Christ is, and that Christ, because of his resurrection, is the first fruits of the resurrection, that he actually rose again bodily, not just spiritually, and that we get to too. There's a tangibility to that 
for the Christian, I don't know how the Jehovah Witness can get that. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how does that happen to them? I mean, we have the ability to be with Christ personally, spiritually, of course, and physically mm-hmm. with Christ. I don't see how they have it. Um, so those things that are lost in that system that I think the Bible clearly teaches are a real sadness. They don't have that. Even if they're you know, dedicated Jehovah Witnesses to the day they die, they don't experience that on earth, and they'll never experience it in heaven, even if they think, as, as I think this article points out, that they believe in some sort of annihilationism um, of the spirit at the end. I mean, we believe in a, in a clear hell that people are going to go to if they don't believe in Christ. Um, it's, it's real in heaven and real in hell, physically, spiritually, personally. That's just a huge loss. Yeah. Yeah, there's no question. Uh, and, and losing the assurance of salvation, oh. you know, that's something that I hold to so dearly now. You know, we're sealed in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Uh, that, that's not something that comes and goes day to day in and day out as you sin too much, you know. Uh, so that's uh, they are definitely um, missing out on quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, you, what you guys were just talking about, I mean, you, like, Religion in itself is is um, very controlling, like the the man-made parts of religion, right? We're very captive by it. The freeing part of religion is Christ. And, right. you know, when you eliminate the freeing aspect, you're just chained. It goes back to what you were talking about earlier where, you know, you, you saw it all as kind of this negative implication of everything. You remove the where do we have joy, where do we have hope, where do we have peace. All those things are gained through assurance. All those things are gained through being part of the family. It's adoption into sonship. It's this the, the amazing things we can't generate on our own that we're just given that have now been ripped away because Christ isn't even able to give those to us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you think what a additional burden that is placed on people who are um, kind of trapped in this thought process and not freed to understand who they are in Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's remarkable. Like, uh, on my way over, I, I called my mom. I was like, "Who, who is Jesus? Like, what was what was the point? You know, what role did he play? You know, put yourself back thirty years ago." And she couldn't answer. And I asked that because I was like, "I don't know what the point of Jesus was." Yeah, he was a a, a good model, and yeah, he did sacrifice, but um, it was not at all. He was never one to be worshipped. Yeah. You know, never want to be adored. Um, all that we come to love as as Christians of this this being Christ is just not there. It's uh, wildly different. So, and I, so, so, so sad thinking of we, we want to imitate him and be like him and in, in just an affinity yeah. with him. It can't be there. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, if you ever encounter a Jehovah Witness, darling, wonderful people, very mm-hmm. kind, uh, um, I would sidestep their distracting questions about you know some of the the doctrine of the day kind of things that they want to talk about and just get back to christ you know and and maybe that'll put a stone in their shoe maybe you know or how do you feel about christ you know and 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 do you do you really think that biblically that's the right way to view him yeah mm-hmm. well mark this was very helpful i do appreciate you taking the time and kind of sharing some of the um background and experiences you've had and i think some of the things you shared around what you shared earlier about who is christ to you and how do we wrestle through that on our own to understand where is our joy and hope and peace um because this isn't just a a matter of 
how do I how do I combat Jehovah's Witnesses? This is a matter of how do I wrestle through matters of faith? How do I understand my own belief structure? And, and how do I also talk to the other? But how do I also understand who Christ is to me? So I think it was a really good challenge. So appreciate the time, Mark. Glad to be here. Thanks, Thanks Mark. Thanks, Thanks Bill. Yep.